Hi, I'm Tracy. And I'm Sharon. And we are Feet of Clay, Confessions of the Cult Sisters. Huh, we've got less than 60 seconds. Sharon, go. Truthfully, Troy and Brian, you're the ones who deserve the credit or the blame for all of this. First, they got you, Tracy, to claim that Christian music megastar Keith Green was a cult leader. <laughs> Then they got you, Sharon, to talk about your pure virgin oh. marriage personally arranged by Keith Green. <laughs> And now we are totally out of the closet, launching our own podcast, telling the world about the crazy Christian commune, Last Days Ministries. And most importantly, our decades-long escape from the trauma and abuse of extreme Christianity. So join us as we share our journey of healing and humor and how we found love and peace and joy on the other side. Wherever you get your podcasts, Feet of Clay, Confessions of the Cult Sisters. I was raised in a cult. Of course, if you'd have asked me all those years ago or anyone else in our small fundamentalist church if we were a cult, we'd have indignantly replied, absolutely not. Other groups like the Mormons or Jehovah's Witnesses, they're cults, but we're not a cult. Everything became normalized, though, but it wasn't until decades later, after I deconstructed my entire belief system and walked away from the Christian faith entirely, that I began to see just how cultish the whole thing actually was. But before all of that, for over 20 years, I'd served both as a pastor and a Bible college teacher, so I had a hand in it, furthering the toxicity also. So in the process of rebuilding my life and discovering my authentic identity, I've got lots to work through, things like religious trauma syndrome, rapture anxiety, and just so much more. Join me, Dr. Clint Haycock, on the MindShift podcast as we take a look at such topics as cult tactics and psychology, religious trauma syndrome and religious addiction, taking your life back after leaving a cult or high-control group, and finally, dominion theology and the dangers posed by the Christian right, not just in America, but indeed the world. You can find my show on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. Who knows, it might just be time for a MindShift. Well, everyone, welcome to season five, episode one of season five of I Was a Teenage Fundamentalist podcast. Brian, I guess the most noticeable thing, at least as our lead for this episode, is we have a new song. We do have a new song. And I was thinking about this today, that we've had our old song now for seasons, what, two, three, and four. So it was over 60 episodes we've had that, and we thought... It's time for a change, and we will delve into that later in this this episode as to why there's been a change of music, because it's part of a broader lot of changes, but sort of sad saying goodbye to the rock track in some sort of way, but I really like the new music too. Yeah, well, it's new, and, you know, every product has a life, and I dare say one day I was a teenage fundamentalist will come to an end, but not now. At least for now, it's just the music Well, given that I, I think we paid about $8 Australian for our old track I, from memory, and so really we've probably about 12, 13 cents per episode that we've used it. So I reckon that was a bit of a bargain. And this one was about the same or maybe it was a little bit more, but still it was under $20. So if you don't like the music, you get what you pay for. 
<laughs> you do. I, I like it. it. It is different. It's a very, very different change of, of tone, but it is great to be here back in season five. And I know that we often say this, but the fifth season, seriously. I mean, we say that at the start of the fourth season, the third season, but can you believe that here we are at season five? I know, it's insane. And it's sort of out of sync a little bit because we did two seasons in one year. So actually we've been doing this for three years. So this is the beginning of our fourth year, but our fifth season. So yeah, a little bit confusing, but anyway, it's the way it is. So hey, today we're going to do a sort of fan favorites kind of episode maybe, or maybe an episode more for our regulars is a, is a better way to put it, because we're going to talk about, you know, do some reflection on last season. We're going to also talk about some changes that we've made, and then we're going to talk about the new direction for season five and, and where we're going to go with it. I Every time I hear new direction, I want to say one direction, but it's new direction. I, I think exactly the same, but it is a new direction. It's a brand new day, and we are heading into this season. And I was reflecting on season four, and when we're preparing for this episode, I'm looking through our list of what we did in season four, and really, really difficult to even pick my top five of those 20-odd episodes because we had a, a cracking season. I think it was definitely one of our best, if not our best, season in terms of topics, guests, depth, and all that sort of jazz. Yeah, well, it was definitely our biggest growth in terms of a season for audience. You know, a, a whole heap of new people came along and became part of I Was a Teenage Fundamentalist in this season, uh, at least from an audience perspective. So, it, it, yeah, it was. It was amazing. And and the growth was quite, I don't know, I don't want to say high octane, but we, we set a, a growth goal for the year and we actually hit that in our first episode coming back. Yeah, it was insane. It just really came out of the gates last year. And I'm not sure what it was, but certainly there was a combination of things that we had happening, which we've mentioned on here before. We won't go into them, things like ad swaps and and the like. But I think um, the word sort of spread, brother. Yeah, amen, because I will make you podcasters of men. And the other thing that was had, we had a little bit of a play around with advertising, Remember, we had that America's number one meal kit. We won't mention their name and give them free promos, but we we had them come on, and you know we did a couple of uh, product placements in our in our podcast, and that was kind of exciting. Although it didn't go very far, really. And if you're wondering, no, we didn't really make much money out of it, but that was kind of cool. That sort of made me feel like we'd uh, hit the hit the big time or hit the real world. Yeah, and it was good. And because it was a US-based company, we did get some freebies out of it, but we couldn't get them here in Australia. We couldn't have them delivered, even though we have this company in Australia. So Tracy from Tracy, Tracy and Sharon from uh, Feet of Clay, the old cult sisters over there, US-based, we reached out and go, hey, do you girls want some freebies? So Tracy, I think, got a uh, one of our freebies for that. But uh, a bit disappointing they wouldn't give us anything here, isn't it? Yeah, well, you know, they're, they're subsidiaries, I guess, and so the advertising was for for that country in particular. But the other thing that was interesting was some of the pushback we got this season too, or last season as well. That was, that was quite full on. I think you've yeah. had it worse than me though. 
Yeah, I, I did get some significant pushback from people close to me and uh, it, it was quite interesting, very challenging and it certainly has affected and strained relationships. But the reality is um, we've got to just stand by uh, what, what you say and stand by what we've been doing on this pod and, and if people aren't happy with it, then that's okay. They're entitled to their opinion of saying they're not really happy with what we're doing or saying. But uh, yes, it's it's been an interesting one, that's for sure. I, I think I'd be lying to say it didn't affect me. I certainly, it was quite hurtful, a couple of the things that came back. And I did sort of sit with it for a bit and go, you know, it should, should I hold back on some things? And obviously I'm not going to name the people that have, have come to me here, but um the reality is I'm not going to hold back because the reality is I believe in what we're doing here. It's it's uh, evident in the fact of how many people reach out to us quite often saying the positive effect that the podcast has had for them really helped them navigate their, their way out of, you know, feeling like they, they didn't have anyone to talk to, no one understood them, that it was just a really lonely place. So I want to keep on doing what we're doing because we're helping people ultimately. Yeah, well, I actually had an ex-girlfriend, not my ex-wife. I actually had an ex-girlfriend who thought that she recognised herself um, and she actually, she didn't come to me. She went to you and and really, you know, let fly. So, you know, it's funny because you even got my pushback, which was kind of funny, really. It was. And, uh, it, yeah, it was a bit annoying too because as soon as they sent the message to me, they blocked me so I couldn't send a message back just to go, hey, hey, hang on, what's happening here? But again, it's uh, it's what happens and you do that. And we know and we certainly knew when before we started this podcast that not everyone would be happy with what we're doing and saying. So I guess this is a price that you pay for that. Yeah, and someone else reached out to me and they, at first I thought it was really nice that this person was reaching out to me and I was quite excited by it because I hadn't heard from them for, from them for years but in retrospect after it all the engagement had sort of all passed I realized that this person was actually being a little bit manipulative maybe and then they were actually trying to control the narrative and they're trying to butter me up and sweeten me up and be kind to me so I didn't say horrible things about them which I, I may have, and it may have actually been a really good tactic on their part because that is what actually happened. I, I dialed it back. But I was never going to be totally unkind to this person. But still, yeah, that, that happened. And, and it was kind of sad afterwards to go, oh, this person just played me, which was, you know, because as soon as all the, the potential of that person's story being told was over, then they completely cut me off again. Yeah, and I guess people would get uh, fearful that they'd be seen in a, a bad light. And I think some of that too is that, like us, people have come a long way in life. They're probably a little bit embarrassed and ashamed about what they may have done or said or whatever back then and don't really want to be tarred with that brush now. And I get it. And I think you and I have been quite um, open and honest about some of the things back then that we were embarrassed and ashamed about. So we've worn that and we've gone, okay, that was really shit of us and it was a shit part of us. But not everyone wants to be painted in that light and also not have the opportunity to defend themselves. So I sort of get it. I get where people are coming from. Well, not everybody's us either. And what I mean by that is just willing to go out there and 
tell the story and, and lay claim to it, for sure. But at the same time, you know, there was that quote that I think I made last year, which was, if you didn't want me to tell your story, maybe you shouldn't have been such an ass, you know, and that's a that's a, a summary of what I actually said at the time. But But in essence, well, you know, it makes good storytelling when people can be assholes, really. It does. Thank God for assholes. Yeah, so, otherwise we wouldn't have a podcast. That's right. And thank God we were assholes at one time or we wouldn't be able to reflect back on that and tell the story. I, lo- I love how you thank God because really he was responsible for the whole thing. He was. Unbelievable. So he deserves to have a podcast made about him. Yeah, and we did that episode, God is a Narcissist, remember? So, yeah. We did. And that was with uh, Catherine Quirin. Catherine Quirin, Quirin. yeah, that's right. So, Talking about that, looking back on season four, what were some of your favourites? Oh, gosh. Um, I have to get the list out, I guess. So wh- why don't you go first and then I'll have my list ready. I'm happy. I'm happy to. I actually don't have a list. I'm, I've just opened up Spotify to go last season. And I liked how we came out of the gates last year. We came out talking about the fear of hell because – one of the things that definitely fell apart for me very, very early in my deconversion or deconstructed journey was the fear of hell. Like I didn't believe in it. I thought, you know, if, if this is the God that's maintaining this this hell narrative, then I don't want anything to do with them. Of course, I wanted something to do with God back then, so I got rid of, of hell. So I did love that episode. It was a cracker. Yeah, it's interesting because... I think I I did a little bit of EMDR therapy around that as well. And I think that was really helpful because EMDR helps you deal with the irrational emotional response. But that episode also helped me deal with the the rational cognitive response to it as well. And I think I have a far less active response to the idea of hell. And when it does come up in my mind, as I, I do actually have this, you know, issue with sort of intrusive thoughts sometimes, it's not a big one anymore. It's not something that I super deal with. So I feel like I processed a lot of my own stuff with that. But the thing that stood out to me, because it led to friendships and, you know, people that you and I speak to regularly, etc., was all the stuff we did with Keith Green. But the thing I liked about it was that Keith Green was such a hero for us. And to actually, you know, to if you spoke to old Brian and old Troy and say, one day you're going to campaign against this guy and say that he was full of shit. Like I said to Tracy and Sharon in a uh, text today, remember, we we're talking about a new theme song. And I said, you guys should do Rushing Wind by Keith Green. Remember, rushing wind blow through this temple. And I said, you should actually overdub it with fart noises. So whilst, you know, that should be their theme song, could you imagine? That would be great. That would be brilliant. I don't think Melody would be happy, but, uh, you know, give it a crack. Also, yeah, I think... I, I don't think they'd be allowed to, to do it, but, yeah, <laughs> I don't think they would be. Um, but one one thing I think that we also did this season was we had someone who was, you know, a hero really to you in your deconstruction journey, Bart Ehrman. I mean, how much of an amazing episode was that? Oh, I know. I seriously, I just thought he was awesome just sitting there, you know what I mean? I just wanted to throw my arms around him and cuddle him and just tell him how awesome he was. And and I didn't. I was very professional. I mean, I did gush a little bit, 
but um, and I could have been much ruder in what I was going to say then. But uh, it was it was just really cool to to spend time with him. And I don't know about you. In fact, I do know about you. I regularly listen to his new podcast and you know we don't have to repackage his stuff because he's doing it himself so if you haven't already got on to the misquoting jesus podcast by bart ehrman i totally recommend it it is one of my weekly uh, weekly rituals and he's just phenomenal but it was great to have him on and be able to say we've had bart ehrman on our podcast and i'm looking forward to his new book because that gives us an excuse to get him on again yeah, I agree. Um, it, it was, and you're right, every Tuesday when it comes out is the first thing I, I see pop up on my phone. I go, I'm going to listen to that now. The good thing is they're always just half-hour episodes too, so they're very quick to listen to, and I think I've listened to most of them at least twice just to try and um, soak it all in because there's a lot in there. Other things, other people that we had on the podcast who were ones I've regularly listened to and had exposure to for a long time was Ross and Carrie from Ono, oh Ross and Carrie. That was a great episode. That was a lot of fun. Those guys are super smart and also super funny. Um, Mark Fennell also, and I really loved having Mark on and we spoke to him about his movie The Kingdom and that was a very gracious way, I think, that he really dealt with the whole Hillsong thing, didn't he? For sure. And the other one, speaking of Hug and Kiss, that I really enjoyed was the Mayfields, you know, the Prophetic Imagination Station podcast people. They were they were amazing. Yeah, they were awesome. They were heaps of fun. Again, super, super smart and people that we've listened to regularly for, for quite a while as well. And it was great to see DL Mainfield, or not see, but hear her say to us that, our podcast was one of the the very few and the only ex-evangelical podcast that she listens to. And she also said she could trust this podcast, which was really nice. Yeah, and I think that's something that we we have definitely uh, tried to do and make it a safe place along with our Facebook community as well where people don't get triggered um, or if they do, it's certainly not intentional. People do get triggered, let's be honest, but it's never intentional. Another thing that we found out this season, Brian, was that God hates divorce. He does. He's not a fan of divorce, um, but he says very little about it. And yet we also told our own divorce stories. I don't know, some of it maybe towards the end of the year before. I don't think so, though. I think a lot of it we sort of told in this in this year as well. And then um, I don't know about last Lastly, but certainly it was quite impactful on me as well and we drew a lot of audience, was the April A Joy episode and where she talked about Christian nationalism and I was a teenage Christian nationalist, etc. Remember she said, when life gives you lemons, throw them at a liberal, she actually said. Yeah, that's right. Oh, it was frightening. The, poor, the, the haunting words of our past always come back, don't they? But one other th- one that you probably maybe skipped over, but I think was one that was very, very uh, impactful for you was our interview with Dan Barker. He was a big influence on you. He was, yeah. When I was a lot more certain about atheism than I maybe am now, uh, he had a massive influence on me. When I was living in China, I listened to his radio show a lot. and He does a lot of really good work, he and his wife and, and his organisation, the Freedom From Religion Foundation. Yeah, he, he was great. And so, again, it was a chance to, to meet these people. A lot of the reason why I wanted to bring these people on is because in my journey, they have been really 
meaningful, impactful, instructive, and helping me in my process. And I wanted to introduce other people, people that listen to our podcast to these people so they can go and discover them for themselves. And that was partly why I wanted to bring these people on as, as much as, hey, I have an opportunity to meet them. Yeah, absolutely. We can fanboy over them. And then we, we had a bit of a break. And we've just released, you would have heard, you know, a quick fire succession of, of three episodes where we did QAnon and On with Van Batham, Sim Bravely with Maggie Rowe and Hitchhiking with uh, Drunken Nuns with Emily Gussets. And there's a reason that we held those over to the start of 2024. And Troy, I'm going to throw to you to, to talk through what happened for you probably somewhere around July, August of 2023. There was a, a, a bit of stuff going on for you, but I'll let you speak to it. Yeah, I got this rash around my pubis and uh, no, that's not what happened at all. I think I might be a little bit more fragile than you, Brian, but I, I went off the the antidepressants, you know, for anxiety, not for depression, um, a little while ago. And I just came to a point where it's like, oh, I think I need to go back on them. And my anxiety just got really, really high. But I think I also got a little bit burnt out because I was putting a lot of time and energy into the podcast. And maybe it was a little bit of my special interest, you know, gone gone crazy, or maybe it was more, I just burnt myself out and needed to stop. But but I again hit a wall where I said, I can't do this anymore. And as I said to you, I can't edit this anymore. I can't do promos. I can't record. I can't do anything. And so rather than stopping in you know, November, December, we actually ended up stopping in about August. And you were very gracious with me and understanding that. You know, I didn't feel I had to convince you of anything. You just went, yeah, cool. Okay, let's stop. Um, but I'm glad you pushed for those three episodes to be edited and, and finally released, which, by the way, other people did. So in spite of the fact that those episodes say that I'm the sound editor, I'm not. So three people came to the party, wonderful people, who jumped in and edited those, and so we are able to release those just now. And now what's really good is in holding back from this sort of high-octane immersing myself in the podcast, we found new people to do the editing for me so that I can just help you with the production and the preparing and the recording, but I'm not responsible to sort of soak in those episodes over and over and over as you do when you're editing. And so being able to hand those on were really important and, and helpful. But now, you know, b before we jump into talking about where we're going with the new direction, et cetera, we, we made some decisions which I think are going to help with that at least from my perspective. How did you feel, though, coming to the end of that? Were you ready for the break as well, or you could have happily gone on? I was ready for the break, but probably for different reasons. So we really pushed hard last year on recording a lot because both you and I were going on holidays, and I was going on a fairly extended holiday of six weeks I was away for. So we were trying to get a lot of episodes done, edited, and as I say in the industry, in the can, so we can release them and have them still bleeding out as we were both overseas. So I think I was starting to hit a wall when I was, I was pretty exhausted by the pace we were coming out of, but also seeing you affected in the way that you were. And it's one thing that we've always had an agreement. If one of us says we're done, then we're done. 
and the other one may pick up and continue podcasting or whatever, but we're, we're never at that point where we're trying to drag each other along because I don't think that would be fair. So when you said, I just, I just need a break from it, there's no certainty going forward, I was okay with that because that's what we had agreed and uh, I, do, I was comfortable with it. But also a big part of me, I knew that you would want to come back and that we would definitely be able to do something that made the changes that we needed. And as, as you said, we put it out there. We had some great sound editors who you will hear in the outro who are, are doing our stuff. And um, they've really stepped up. They're going to be amazing. We've also had uh, Lucy step down as our, our socials coordinator and Ava step in to do that. So thank you, Lucy, to, you know, she just really has put in an amazing amount of energy into our social strategy over the last 12 or so months and done some incredible work. Like I, I do think she professionalised that space and really gave us some consistency in putting things out as well and took some of that pressure off us. So we're, we're excited to see where that goes with Arva, excited to see with the, the new sound editors uh, where, where we go as well and taking that pressure off you, Troy, as you said, I think is going to be all, all good going forward. Hi, I'm Rachel Bernstein. I'm an educator and licensed marriage and family therapist, and I'm also known as a cult expert. And I've worked with victims of cults and high control groups for over 30 years. I was personally drawn to this work after a family member was indoctrinated into Scientology. I'd like to take a moment to tell you about my podcast, Indoctrination. I created the show to help survivors tell their stories and for experts to teach us what they know. My goal for Indoctrination is to empower the listeners to protect themselves and to protect those they love from predators, toxic personalities, and destructive organizations. Since I started the podcast, I've interviewed over 200 survivors and experts and journalists who took the time to come on to cover dozens of different high control groups and cults from a variety of different angles. You can listen to Indoctrination for free anywhere podcasts are available with new episodes dropping every Wednesday. Hi, I'm Sadie Carpenter. And my name is Gavriel Hakoen. And we are the hosts of the Leaving Eden podcast, which is a podcast about my life in and escape from the independent fundamental Baptist cult. This week, you can join us while we talk about the book I Kissed Dating Goodbye and its effects on purity culture. Joshua Harris, the author of I Kissed Dating Goodbye, has since disavowed the contents of this book, but its effects still linger throughout Christian evangelicalism. Join us on the 19th of February for our special episode all about this book. You can find the Leaving Eden podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the reality is I probably was never ever going to completely walk away from this, at least not at that point. And I think I knew that in myself as well, but I certainly needed a break and I certainly needed to at least be ready to put it down because I think that's what the Lord wants, right? He doesn't want us to have idols like, you know, podcasts and anyway, that, you know, notice you're not laughing. But anyway, I, uh, yeah, it, it was good for me to be able to do that. And, and I did. 
But I'm not finished telling my story yet as well. Sorry to be all narcissistic, but I, I do want to finish telling my story. And I, at least I've got one more episode where I want to actually talk about the, you know, the, the falling away of faith. I don't mean falling away from my faith, brother. I mean the actual, you know, implosion of my faith. So look forward to that one this, uh, almost said this semester. You can tell I, w- I was once a teacher. And so the episode's went into hiatus episodes, they were repeats, and the Facebook group continued. And that was great. I love the fact that the Facebook group could continue and that people are seeing a lot of value in spite of the fact that we basically vanished from the scene, really, for a good three, four, five months. Yeah, it was great. And, and I think it has become self-sustaining and certain Kerry, Kerry does a lot of work in the in the group, as does Bree, to keep it ticking along, keep it safe. But I think it's becoming more and more self-sustaining. And I think we're, we're up to about 1,400 people in there. So there's, it's grown a lot. But I would say that actively there's probably only 50 to 100 people who are active. I think there's a, a lot of onlookers. So hello to you onlookers who might not yet feel safe to speak up or you just need a place to hear others and um, see how others are processing things before you jump in. Or there might be just people who are curious about what we're doing or people who are still caught up in the scene and essentially spying on us. Yeah, so hello to you stealthy ex-evangelicals and some of you current evangelicals that are probably watching what the backslidden are up to. I will say, though, as a temptation to try and get people to come along and have a look at the group, is we found my video from the 90s. What was it, 1991, Yeah, somewhere around there, where I was actually featured on a ABC Australia television magazine-style program for young people about religion. And so there's a good, what is it? It's only about two and a half minutes. Um, we can't publish it uh, publicly because if we do, we may get in trouble. So what we've done is we've put it inside the closed Facebook group. So please come along and join. You'll see it in our uh, featured or pinned posts at the very top of the group when you first come in. So scroll through those and have a look. And you can actually see Brian's in the video. Uh, he's just a, just a passing couple of shots. Uh, but I'm in there as well, just embarrassing the hell out of my children, my now children. Yeah, it, it really does show the zeal that you had and why you were definitely intimidating to people in that and, and people like myself who didn't feel like you were full on enough for Jesus because you were there. You were full on. People have a look at this video. If you're not part of the Facebook group, jump in there and have a look at it and you will see just how much of a zealot Troy was. Yeah, I was in fact a teenage or even a 20-something fundamentalist. But what's really funny is my kids, mate, what, they, I showed my kids, right, and they, and they my, my daughter last night, we went to get some some Diet Coke from the supermarket last night and we're walking away and I said, oh, there's not many people here because it's a Saturday night. So obviously you and I are recording this on a Sunday now. And my daughter says to me, oh, yeah, there's nothing better than going out telling people about Jesus on a Saturday night, is there, Dad? And I just looked, she's, you know, nearly 17, that teenage sarcasm. And I was just like, ah. Oh. And I said, oh, Hannah, yeah. You know, and, and they they throw this at, back at me from time to time, like we'll be doing things and they'll just throw lines from the video. And my son said what was really 
I get what struck him the most was that this is not just talk. He's now seen video evidence that I was a teenage fundamentalist. And uh, yeah, so a little bit embarrassing, a little bit cringy. But at the same time, you know, my kids said to me, if you're so embarrassed, why are you publishing this? Why are you putting it out on? And it's like, well, I am embarrassed. But at the same time, this really suits what we're doing now. And it also shows people that we weren't in it by halves, were we? I mean, there's videos of, you know, shots of you there praising and worshipping and lifting your hands up and, you know, out on the street team. And you're, you're right in there too, even if you didn't quite do it as passionately as I did. I was trying. I was trying my hardest to believe and be someone who was out there. I'd try, but God, as I've spoken before doing all that evangelizing just absolutely killed me. It was so cringeworthy. And fair enough too. So, hey, come along, be a part of the Facebook group. We would love you to be a part of that, even if it's just to lurk and not to so much be engaged, but please come along because it's also a good way for us to stay in touch with you about what's going on with the pod and, and things like that. All right. So other things that we have done, we've we've slightly changed our Patreon tiers as well this year. And I might let you speak a little bit to those, but our Patreon supporters, we've certainly seen people keeping the lights on, helping us grow and helping us go through basically all of the different subscriptions we've got to have to um, you know, keep our pod going is phenomenal how many <laughs> things and how many expenses there are. So, you know, having that and taking that financial pressure off, off us so we're not putting as much of our personal funds in. I mean, we're still putting personal funds in, but it is great to, to have that support and help us to do that. But I might let you talk to those new tiers, Troy. Yeah, sure. So one of the ones that we've started is just a new $2 tier, which is less than a cup of coffee a month. Um, And what you get from that is you get regular email updates and you get access to our exclusive Patreon supporter Facebook group. But that's all you get for that. It's just about, hey, I just want to chip in $2 a month and I just want to you know help you keep the lights on. So we invite you to come along and be a part of that. But we've also got the $5 one and the $5 one gets you access to regular bonus content. And we might as well mention that now, Brian, we're going to start doing an, a monthly Patreon episode, which will go out through Patreon. So if you're not a member of Patreon, you will actually miss out on that episode. But of course, Everything through our main feed will continue to be free. Um, And also early access to the podcast as well. So episodes go out about a week early if you're a a Tides subscriber, which is $5 a month. And this is all Australian, so American, Great Britain, you guys pay even less than that. Um, We've got a $15 one as well, which gets you a $25 voucher to spend at our merch store. Um, but then get you all those other bonuses as well. And then we've got the $25 one of which we've got six people continuing to do that, which is really nice. And that also gets you a quarterly real-time interactive video call with us if you want it. But Brian, let's jump into where we're going for season five and telling people all about what we're going to do and why we're doing it and all that kind of stuff as well. Yeah. And look, I think this has been brewing for best part of last season where at times both of us went how much is left in constantly revisiting the trauma or the negative stuff or the past 
how much of that. And there's plenty there. I mean, we could make another 10 seasons, seasons of that. That's the reality. But how helpful is it for us and how helpful is it for you as listeners? And as I said, I hit a wall. I couldn't do it anymore. And, and you know, this was the language I used, wasn't it, Brian? I said, I can't soak in my own trauma and I can't soak in other people's trauma anymore. It's not even that I don't want to. I genuinely don't have it in me. And coming back and listening to people's stories over and over and over when you're doing the edit, and it's not just doing the edit, then you have to listen to it again before you release it. Then you have to listen to it the day it's released to make sure that there's no software issues or, you know, whatever. So I would be listening to episodes multiple times and listening to people's stories multiple times. And so soaking in that was just impossible. And at the same time, when we started this podcast, and I know we said this stuff in season one, it's okay to be there, but you can't stay there. And so we want to say that there are a whole heap of really good podcasts out there that are still in the trauma stage of telling those kinds of stories. And we are not for one second saying that that's wrong or bad. We did it for three years and there is still a need for those kinds of stories to be told at a hundred percent. If that's where you're at, that you still need to hear those stories of other people, please visit those. So I'm thinking about feet of clay. I'm thinking about cheers to leaving. I'm thinking about prophetic imagination station. I'm thinking about all these amazing podcasts out there that are still talking about the trauma and rightly so, but we don't want to do that anymore. And we don't think it's necessarily good for everyone in our audience either. And so in that sense, we decided to take a new direction and set a new tone for the podcast, didn't we? We did. And uh, I mean, this is, as I said, it's something we've sort of been riffing back and forward for best part of at least six months going, well, would it be better if we took more of a, a positive spin, a uh, looking forward? And we're like, what do, you, what do you do with that? How do you frame it? So it's really a positive is what about? And it's exploratory. It's starting to actually get deeper into some things. It's opening people's um, minds to, to other stuff, exploring other things. And some of those things that were taboo when you were fundamentalist or you had been told very, very different things about them that may not necessarily be true so we will oh, be... may not necessarily be true are just fucking lies yes very much so um i was i was trying to be kind i don't know why i even did that why why did i even try and be kind but we are going to be exploring um some different faiths or religions uh, this year as well we're going to be asking what about progressive expressions of hinduism judaism christianity um and islam you know, we're, we're going, and Buddhism and Buddhism and Buddhism. Yeah. So we're, we're going to be exploring those and going, what are these expressions like? How do people live their lives? Why do people choose them? And I think it might surprise us and it will certainly surprise you as well. What you hear, we'll also be looking at um, a little bit of a snapshot. I'm very happy death. So we're going to be looking at death and um, near death experiences and and death itself, the process of death, because that is something that you are very fearful of normally as a human, but certainly you have the extra layer as a fundamentalist where you are told that not only will you have the physical act of dying, you'll then have the eternal consequences of where you go 
when you die and do you want to go to the right place, et cetera, et cetera. So it's extremely fear-based. We want to just work through some of that stuff logically. Uh, we'll be talking about one thing that I think is is something that comes up over and over and over when people leave fundamentalism is that they've always had a safety and a security in the certainty of what they believed. Because fundamentalism, you are very, very certain of what you believe. So we want to unpack certainty and the certainty of uncertainty. Yeah, and starting off with that too and saying, you know, am I just looking for certainty or am I really going to explore what these things mean or what what these expressions of religions, et cetera, say? And just because we open the lid and have a look in the box at things like near-death experiences or reincarnation or what what people experience in the lead-up to their death and things like that, doesn't mean that we agree with them, doesn't mean that we're saying this is true or even not true. But these need to be explored. And, you know, we, we hope to give you the ability to dive deeper if that's what you want to go if that's where you want to go so we'll give you references and stuff like that so don't be looking for certainty in terms of the way that we're going to deliver this but the other thing i wanted to mention brian about the expressions of world religions is we wanted to look at the progressive ones because we don't want to give any breath or any airtime to fundamentalism yeah, absolutely. And I think some of those quite often when you look at progressive expressions, they're quite often cultural or political stances on things as well. So it goes beyond the what often can be a shallowness of just just the spiritual. And, you know, I don't want to talk about politics, culture and all the other intersecting factors that um, I may express through those religions. So very, very keen to have those conversations with people and go, as a Hindu or as a, um, as someone who follows Judaism, look, what what is it for you? What's that expression mean? And what does it actually, how's it centred and how does it actually drive you to to express in a particular way? I'm really keen to hear people's stories there. Yeah, and also explore, as we hinted at before, explore some of the misconceptions or even outright lies that we were fed as fundamentalists. But that's going to be our message this year. It's going to be what about. And what's going to be unique for our show is we're going to be asking the questions from an ex-fundamentalist perspective, from an ex-evangelical perspective. So it'll still be broader for other people who've never been a fundamentalist to come along and be a part of this and go on these journeys. But for you as an ex-evangelical listening, we're going to try and ask some of those questions and bring up some of those thoughts that we had as ex-evangelicals in, in relation to death, in relation to near-death experiences, reincarnation, progressive world religions, and these whole heap of other things. I mean, there's so many things that we want to explore, politics, abortion, assisted dying, you know, all these other things as well to see what about these things and what should I think about them now, to quote Stephen Mather and his Once Upon a Time podcast title? Yes. But it's not now. So it's not stealing because it's a past title. Um, but, yeah, look, I think it's going to be exciting and I think it'll also be energising for you and I because we won't be looking backwards. We'll be looking forward or even looking to the sides, I think, as we 
go along. It's going to be a a very interesting bunch of conversations. We've got a few of them lined up already. One thing that's that struck me is it has been a bit harder to get guests when we're we're breaking out of the exvangelical bubble, but it's it's exciting because we have got a quite quite a few that are locked in already, and I think that'll continue to grow. Yeah, and in this space or in the spaces that we're going to explore, we've already got some really interesting people and dare I say influential people in that space. So it's going to be quite exciting. But we've intentionally started with certainty because we want to make it very clear that certainty, whilst is something that most of us crave, I don't know how much we're going to be peddling certainty at all. Brian, what do you reckon? Well, I I think it's, and may have even said this in the podcast, because it's something I often talk about and think about in my, my private life, is the older I get, the less certain I am about things. And I don't know whether it's because you're older, you're exposed to more things. Um, you know, Troy, we are in our 50s. We are older men in the twilights of our lives. But I, I often do think, I don't know if I'm certain about that. And when I do hear people be very certain about whether that's political, whether it's um, social things or cultural things, I actually get really uncomfortable because I'm like, how can you actually be so sure about that? And conversations I've had with people around that, I have had people say, do you think that's because you were a fundamentalist in something many, many years ago that you now balk at that absolute certainty? I don't think that that is necessarily it because there's a lot of people in my life that I've come across who have all uh, who have not been involved in fundamentalist Christianity or any spiritual or religious expression, and they also get less and less certain as they get older. And these are some of the questions we can put to our guest who's going to come on and talk to us about certainty. Um, He's not very certain about much, but I think he might be more certain about certainty than we could possibly be because he's a bit of an expert and he's done some philosophical digging. But, But we'll get into that later on because that episode's coming. So we we hope you you tune into that. So this is going to be our direction for season five and probably ongoing for more than just season five, this whole idea of what about and exploring these things. We will occasionally look backwards. If someone comes along with a a compelling story or something like that, that that we need to tell for sure. But the bulk of what we do will be about looking forward because we can't do it any other way. Otherwise, there wouldn't be a podcast. Hey, Brian, is there anything that you want to share before we sort of wrap up? I don't think so. There's a couple of big things coming up this season. We will hit our 100th episode. I can't remember. It's going to be like around May or something, isn't it? I think from memory. So 100 episodes, that's absolutely huge. I'm sure we'll do something special for that. We'll probably do a special episode, but we might even give give some stuff away. You might even get some merch. And the other thing that's exciting is we're about to hit half a million downloads as well, which if you're in the YouTube space, half a million is nothing. But when you're podcasting, half a million is nothing to be sneezed at. Yeah, it's a, it's a decent number. And we've certainly seen the, the growth mainly over the last two years, mainly the last 12 months. And it crawled along for a bit, but then it came out of the gates. And you do get a little bit of a a growth appetite. And so sometimes you look at it and go, half a million, gee, that's not much. But that's pretty significant. You know, we've got 
thousands and thousands of, of regular listeners that tune in every fortnight. That's probably one thing, actually, to say is that we have been dropping weekly up until recently. We will be going back to fortnightly, so which is every 14 nights, every two weeks for those that don't speak about fortnights. So in true evangelical Pentecostal fashion, we've talked to you today about giving money and we've also talked to you about our numbers, which is awesome. But uh, the building fund, we will uh, speak to you about that in a, another episode. No, that's a joke. Don't, don't trigger. So just a reminder, the Facebook group is thumping along, come along and be a part of it. And please jump in and have a look at that video because it is very funny, if not embarrassing. And, uh, yeah, that's all I've got to say, Brian. Yeah, good on. If you do feel like supporting us, Patreon is there or buy us a cup of coffee. Uh, it's always appreciated. And just thank you for listening is the biggest thing. I mean, you guys that listen to us are our motivation because if people weren't listening and there was no one tuning in, we wouldn't have a podcast. But also for those people who take the time to write to us on our email or through our social channels, to tell us how much of a positive impact the stories have on them, but also even the uh, the Facebook group has on them. We really appreciate that because you don't always hear positive feedback. Usually negative feedback is the thing that people are more happy to give you. So the positives are fantastic and very, very welcome. So enjoy our new song. Enjoy our new AI-generated graphic, by the way. If you're afraid of AI, then you can be afraid of our new graphic because the devil had a hand in that. And enjoy the new positive tone and the new direction of I Was a Teenage Fundamentalist and stick with us for the year. And we look forward to journeying with you as we continue to deconstruct and reconstruct, but not necessarily reconstructing Christianity. Yeah, reconstruct all you want. All righty. Thanks, everyone, and it has been awesome reconnecting at what is now the start of Season 5 and looking forward to next episode, which will drop in two weeks. Yeah, I'll see you in two weeks, Brian. If you'd like to connect with the I Was a Teenage Fundamentalist podcast, then please see the links in our link tree in the show notes. We invite you to join our listener community on Facebook, and we're also on Instagram, X, and Reddit. Check out our merch on Redbubble. We've got T-shirts, hoodies, mugs, and all kinds of great exvangelical stuff that you can wear proudly. All proceeds go to building and promoting the podcast. We want to give a huge shout-out to our Patreon supporters. Subscribers get a range of benefits, including free merch, early access to episodes, access to our exclusive subscribers group, and monthly bonus content. Again, all proceeds of this go to the running and promotion costs of the podcast. A special thanks to Arva, who manages our social strategy, and also to Kerry and Bree, who manage our Facebook listener group, and also to Bree, who puts out our monthly newsletter on Substack. All of our episodes are transcribed by Leanne to increase accessibility. The show is produced and hosted by Brian McDowell and Troy Waller. The sound engineering for this episode was done by Clifford, I Was a Teenage Fundamentalist is available wherever you find your podcasts. Again, you can find all our links in our link tree in the show notes. Or why don't you pop across to our website at www.iwasateenagefundamentalist.com.